Hey, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. Welcome to season two of Not the Pastor. Woohoo! Yay! Yay. So, Thomas, I have a question for you. Okay, I have an answer. What is better, a digital or an analog mixer? Like, you mean a soundboard mixer, back of the church building, sliders and knobs? That mixer? Yeah, or like yeah. one on my that, counter. That's the one. Not, not, the not like a kitchen oh. aid. No. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, like all right. Like the one that would be in a church sanctuary. Gotcha. Well, I know what we have at my church, and it's definitely analog. Okay. So I know that. Uh-huh. And yeah. that's nice. What do you have? Uh we also have an analog. Yeah. Oh, very so, nice. Little buttons. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's okay. pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I don't know anything about it. So yeah, sounds like anyways, we that's why I'm asking you. need an expert on this situation. So we should call yes, in, yes. call in the expert. It just it 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 just so happens that we do have an expert. We do so let's talk to him about wonderful. That. Yes, let's talk to Jude Buffington, the expert on this very topic. Which is better, a digital or an analog mixer? All right, we're gonna jump in. Jude Buffington, thank you so much for being back on the show. You, you've been on the show with us once before, but uh, just, just for the sake of maybe somebody who doesn't know who you are, how about you give us the Cliff Notes version? What? There are people that don't know who you are? <laughs> that says it all right there. Thanks, Thomas. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, everybody. My name is Jude Buffington. I live in Oklahoma City. I am very passionate about uh, pro audio. Pro audio is completely different than home theater or recording studio, TV studio, broadcasting. Pro audio has everything to do with sound reinforcement on a giant level. So my name's Jude, back in the chair. Back in the chair, as mm -hmm. we like to call him, DJ mm -hmm. extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, we called that the air chair. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey everybody welcome back to the goods. podcast my name is jude and i'm with host thomas and nathan <laughs> welcome back to the podcast this is not your pastor <laughs> i think our podcast has been hijacked <laughs> uh, perfect okay <sighs> Yeah, wonderful. All okay, right. Now that we got all that awkward pleasantry out of the way. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think we're we're done with all the awkward pleasantry. I'm sure there'll okay. be much more to come. <laughs> uh, well, Brother Jude, we want to talk with you today about something very specific, something I think will just really hone in and be a, a great resource for people for, for hopefully years to come. And that is, how do you choose the right mixer? Now, first of all... Do, what do we call it? Do we call it a mixture? Do we call it a mixing board? What, what What's the right terminology here? Great question. Uh, it's it's used a bunch of different ways. Uh, we call it the mixing console, the soundboard, the heart of the sound system. So I'll go back and forth. The The technical, tame, technical name is mixing console. Okay. We may call it mixer. We may call it soundboard. But 
mixing console. The mixing console has everything to do with your sound system. It's where all of your audio inputs come in and the mixing console is where all, all of your audio outputs leave the console. When I work with sound men, sound technicians, sound women, I try to work with them as in this, the mixing console is the heart of your sound system. It is the closest place that you will be to the electrical signal that passes through your sound system. I work with uh, sound techs and I teach them to treat the mixing console as their musical instrument. Much like a piano player will just make that piano radiate amazing sounds a good sound technician can do the same way uh, can do the same thing with their with their mixing console so mixing console is not just a piece of electronic equipment it is a musical instrument in which we help facilitate the conversation it, it's amazing how you can take a electronic piece of equipment and you can bring in so much life or yes. you can just have more of a status quo and be a button pusher so today I wanted to talk to you guys about how do you choose the right mixing console? The mixing console is probably one of the biggest purchases a church will make once they have their sound system installed. Sure. Uh, most of the time, churches aren't going to be too willing to work with speakers, amps, EQs, but the mixing console, microphones, uh, maybe some of the playback equipment, recording equipment, that's really easy for a church to handle. So the mixing console is going to be probably the biggest asset purchase that you're church would make. When when people call me, they're okay, so here's the deal. Analog or digital. Let's just let's just get the elephant out of the room. Analog yes, please, or digital. Thank you. Where are we going in life with audio? Analog or digital? And it's amazing to me that pastors and music directors will call me up and say, "Hey, I need help. What do you recommend?" Well, right. I usually try to put the ball back in their court, ask them what are they thinking? Most of the time they've looked through a magazine, they've looked on yes. the internet. I have one of those say, magazines. Uh, do you have the internet I, too? I do. Most mm -hmm. of the time. Sometimes it doesn't work, but sometimes I do. <laughs> Isn't there a joke about Wi-Fi? Yeah. You have a joke about Wi-Fi? No, I, I don't have any good jokes about Wi-Fi. <laughs> definitely, definitely not early in the morning. Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Anyways, we talk about people calling me and saying, hey, what do we want? Uh, yeah. Or I need a mixing console. And I put the ball back in their court. Most of the time, pastors, youth directors, music directors, they are leaning towards digital. And, and I get that because digital is extremely flashy. Digital is, is very popular. And even, even in our style of churches, guys, there, there's a sense of we got we to gotta keep up with the church next door. We got to keep up with the churches in our fellowship. And so these, these pastors, these music directors will already have in their mind what they want based upon advertising, based upon maybe what they saw their friend had, or they'll call me and say, hey, I got a guy that does this. I got a guy that has this. There's four points that I try to work through the person that's calling me and try to figure out what is the best option for them. So analog and digital, it's not as clear cut as you might think. A lot of, a lot of times we'd think that analog is old and it's outdated and we need to be in the digital area era. Mm -hmm. Well, let me just remind our, our listeners um, that's you that's listening right now, just in case. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let listeners. me remind the listeners for, oh, approximately 6,000 years, we have been relying solely on analog to hear. Yes. Okay. 6,000 years. And I know we, we might be able to get a little bit more specific. So it's tried and true is what you're saying. It's, it's been around for a while. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It works. yeah. It's not like the LED light bulb where they come out and said, these things will last 20 years. And then in, in four and a half years, they're dead. Right. It's, yes. it's not. I have thing. a couple of those. Yeah. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> okay, that, that'll be a whole nother podcast. Yeah, no kidding. So, <laughs> analog has been around since the dawn of time. And, and I, I can't find scripture to, to see if, if our Heavenly Father talks in digital or analog. Okay, I don't know that. Right, right. But we do know we speak analog and we hear analog. We don't speak digital. We don't hear digital. There's no such things as digital microphones and digital speakers in the way that they reproduce the sound. Okay. Right. So even at one point, our conversation is being digitized. But then going back into our headphones, going back into our speakers, it is being converted back to analog. We hear analog, we speak analog. So talking with past music directors, there's four questions that, that I like to talk to them. First question is define the need. So what, what is the need of your mix and console? What is the need of your style of service? Newsflash, our style of church services are a lot different than most church services on right. the market, okay? right define the need. And if we could get to the core principle of the need of our sound system, and that is this one simple principle, it's to help facilitate the communication from the person on the platform to the person in the pew. Right. That's, that's it. Okay. If that's through a choir special, if that's through a quartet, if that's through the preaching, if that's through announcements, if that's through a baptism, if that's through a drama, a, a play, a cantata, it is to facilitate the conversation from the platform to the pew. That's okay. Good. That is, that is the need. Yeah. Now, how do we help that need? When we look at buying mixing consoles, I talk to the church and say, or I'll talk to the pastor music director and I'll say, what's your biggest need right now? And they'll say, you know, our sound guy just isn't doing very well. And I want to give a new mixing console. And, and I think if we go digital, that's going to solve all the problems. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm quick to remind <laughs> the minister that I'm talking to that if the sound technician cannot handle what they have currently right now, adding a deeper layer of technology is not going to help the process. It's only going to hurt. Sure. That makes sense. And then if we go back to the very first principle I said in defining the need, and that is to help the communication process. Right. And if we're adding another layer of confusion because the sound technician isn't getting the basic simple cues with analog, how do you expect them to get that with digital? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Brother Jude, can I yeah. jump in and just, so before I really looked into a digital console, I had in my mind that like a digital console can do a lot of things automatically. What I mean by that, it can, it can EQ automatically. It can do, it can do some level adjustments all by itself. And so, so then in my mind, I'm thinking, man, if I have this, then I don't have to be quite so hands-on, but most of that's not what we're, the church is going to end up with generally speaking. Am I, am I thinking right there? Yeah. What you're referring to is things called presets. Now right. in, in the, in the digital market, you can get presets sent sent to you through a digital equalizer, mixing consoles, and that will say, this is a preset for a lead vocal. This is a preset for a, a drum kit. So here's your bass drum, your toms, your hi-hats. Here's all the presets. Here's a preset for a worship leader. Here's a preset for you name it. And, right. and they're, they're going to put a preset out there. Presets are only good for a starting point. That's all they're good for. When, when you think about your sound system as a whole, your room has acoustics that are going to contribute to flavoring or coloring the sound. Your speakers, your microphones, your mixing console, your style of service is all going to contribute to the overall sound of your system. Got it. Relying on presets to make those decisions that your ears should be making 
is going to limit the quality of your communication. Yeah. Because sense. it's it's a bunch of engineers sitting in a lab, right, trying formulas, algorithms, putting them into ones and zeros, and then taking them out in, into the field, trying that, tweaking it, and then coming back. It, it's it's a great starting point, but if that's all we rely on, our communication process is going to be hindered. Sure. Mm, yeah, okay. I appreciate yeah, that. Appreciate yeah, that, that's a great question. When when I talk to pastors about the mixing console, I'll ask them: Is the mixing console your biggest need? Or is educating your sound technician the bigger need? Okay. How about this? We just went through a mega ice storm in Oklahoma City back in the mid-fall. I think it was October timeframe. We were without power for 10 days. There's more people without power for uh, over two weeks. Uh, at the height of the storm, the, uh, the power grid had uh, over a million people without power. Wow. Wow. And OGE, Oklahoma Gas and Electric, those that's the electric uh, electrical contractor that provides us our power. Their model for restoring power is this: number one, they restore power to the core services: hospitals, yep. nursing homes, fire, police, emergency management. The next step that they do is they restore power to as many people as they can, repairing as few lines and poles as possible. So the least amount of work to get the most amount of people back on the grid. That's that's their model. I try to take that same approach in audio in this in this sense. What is the least amount of work that we can do to get the most bang for the buck? Yeah. Putting in a new mixing console may not be the answer. Right. It may it may be again educating the sound technician. It okay. may be you you got great speakers, but they don't sound good. And maybe yeah. you got really cheap microphones because you went to a place called Kingdom Audio because it sounded religious. <laughs> it's like, oh, this this is religious. I'm going there, yeah. and I'm gonna get their 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 ninety nine dollars special for four wireless mics yeah. that yeah. just don't sound good. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So why why would we spend several thousand dollars on the heart of our sound system? When, yeah. when we have junky microphones coming in, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so define the need is, is where I like to start. What's the yeah. biggest need? Because we, we deal with this with churches. We, we got people that, that sacrificially give. And if we, if we come in as a company and, and try to put in a new piece of equipment and there's not a big return on that investment initially, a, yeah. a big return where people are like, oh man, that is incredible. Let's, let's spend more. Let, let, let's take it to the next level. If there's not, not that initial return on investment, it's going to be really hard to rally the troops to, to pony up more money and say, hey, let's take it to the next level. When we're looking at the mixing console, when we're looking at what, what we're talking about today, is that the biggest need? Okay. So what I'm hearing is why, why make a systemic change when you could make a small change? Why, why change the heart of things when you can change something smaller, less expensive and, and get a better result. Yeah. Yep. So that leads us right into point number two. So point one is define the need. What, what's, what's the need of our system? What's the style of our system? Number two, analyze the options. And that's where we're going to talk mostly about analog and digital. And as, as I said before, analog audio uh, in, in the pro audio realm has been around since about the 1920s. 1920s and on is when we really started to see pro audio take place from the the movie theaters they went from 
silent films to uh, having uh, talkies. And then we went into the 40s and 50s where we started having big band music. Uh, when the Beatles came through America, they were selling out stadiums. So that was forcing the pro audio industry to, to make bigger, better, louder equipment. And it wasn't until about 2005 that we really started to see digital come onto the pro audio market in a sustainable way. We're talking now 15 years of digital, but we're talking a good hundred years of analog. And, and we could even go into the late 1800s where the phone company was using analog audio to transmit phone signals. And before that, telegraph signals down long runs of copper wire. Right. Sure. Mm. That's, that, that's what I want to drive home today is analog isn't bad. It's been the pioneer. It, it's it, everything that we've built upon in the digital world comes straight from analog. So when we talk to churches, we talk about what's the need? What's your biggest need? We, we've now landed on, we do need a new mixing console. Do we go analog or digital? So here's, here's a couple talking points. The, uh, we're going to get into the budget later. But most of the time, when you when you want to make the jump into digital, you're going to be paying twice as much money as you are with analog. Uh, the the average mixing console that I put in a church is is 22 to 24 channels. We can get a decent mid grade console. Now these are 2020 prices, mid pandemic. We have no idea what post pandemic prices are going to be like. Sure. Uh, so, so middle of the pandemic, we can put in a, a 24 channel console, nice middle grade for about eight, $900. If we want to go to a higher grade of analog, we can go up to about 18, $1,900 and get you a really nice analog console that that's, that's been there and done that. If you that, want that's that, less than what I would have expected. If you want that equivalent in, in digital, double that price, and that's going to put you in a middle tier bracket. Wow. Okay? That, that, that's not even going to give you a, a, a uh, bell, all bells and whistles. The, the console I sit behind at, at Southwest is a digital console. Five years ago, we made the decision to go from analog to digital. Now, it took me a while to make that decision, but I came to this conclusion. We, we took a lightning strike and it fried our analog console. When I was looking at other big desk style consoles, manufacturers were saying they're just not needed. We're, we're downsizing. We're not making these brands anymore. Or within five years, we're going to discontinue this line and then we'll maintain parts for another five. So you think about 10 years out, that's about when you start to first need to start servicing your console. 10 years out, it, stuff's going to be dried up. Also, uh, I felt that the next sound tech that's going to come in behind me is going to be younger and is going to be more equipped in the right. digital side. Sure. And, sure. and so we made the decision and it was a hard decision to make. We made the decision to go to digital. Yeah. We spent $27,000 on our mixing console. Wow. 27,000. Wow. Yeah. Brother Jude, can you help me just, you said that you put normally 22 to 24 channel mixers in to yeah. most churches. How many channels are you sitting behind at Southwest there? 64. 64. 64. Okay. So to put, I just want to make sure of the, we're, we're talking about a little bit different scale too with what, what I need as a church of 120 and, and what you need as a church of 2000 that mm -hmm. probably don't need a 64 channel <laughs> mixing console. <laughs> so, no, you don't. Yeah. The, the, the most microphones I've used in one service was 38 in one wow. service. Wow. 
and that was for orchestra sure. uh, christmas program choir we got That's piano crazy. mics instrument mics vocal mics groups trios narration preaching did you baptism. clone a couple more arms to handle all of those is uh, that how no. you okay <laughs> just wondering <laughs> those, those are the days that you have to put on an extra layer of deodorant right okay <laughs> i won't explain why i say that but just fill in the blank okay yeah so analyze the options is it worth it to go twice the amount of money for a mixing console. Now there, there's nothing wrong with analog. You can get really cheap preamps on analog and get really hissy noise, or you can get really clean, quiet preamps. Anal analog's been tried and it's true. We, we, we know what to expect out of it. Yeah. A lot of times with analog, most people can sit down behind an analog desk, analog mixing console, and they can figure it out. It's very familiar. Analog is very lineal feeling. It's top to bottom, left to right. And, and if you know one channel strip, you're going to know all of them. If you know how to read left to right, you know the routing. So sound comes in at the preamp, goes through filters, hits EQ, equalizers, goes to your out output buses through your uh, auxes, uh, through your faders. Then you route it out to your console. Boom, you're done. Okay, that, that's it. I'm talking to you on an analog console right now. That's more of a hybrid model. It has a USB output. And so I'm able to go two-channel digital into the computer, bring two-channel back out, back into the console. Those are really cool. So it's an analog with a little bit of digital to work with. Okay. Most anybody can sit down behind an analog desk and figure it out. Sure. When you get into digital, I explain to people digital is more three-dimensional, where analog is lineal, left, uh, top to bottom, left to right. Digital is layers, presets pages menus so now now you layers don't, you're not thinking top to bottom left and right you're almost thinking quadrants like uh quadrant a but then you yeah. got to go down to quadrant b b2 b4 b6 oh now you're down at quadrant f two four six it gets really confusing really quick and that's where we're going to go back to the first point of defining the need if your sound tech can't yeah. even get the cues on an analog console right. the first time they're going to be lost. Right. Yeah. If you can't, if you can't hit the unmute button on time, oh. what makes you think that you're going to be able to get through three menus and then turn on four different. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. I, I, I talk to sound guys a lot and they say, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to make this work. I was told just to turn this on and hit this preset and this preset and we're done. Okay. Um, now I've, I've talked a little bit more pro on the, uh, on the analog, but let's talk about more pro on the digital. One of, one of the things that we're seeing right now, and I think we're going to see it for a, a long time, is the need for churches to live stream. Live stream, and because of the pandemic, uh, our older population, I, I get keeping our older population safe. And in in our market, or sorry, in our world now, everything's packaged really, really well with, with audio and video. And if, if our church streaming package is not at that same level, right off the bat, we're going to be discrediting yourself. We're going to, we're going to be showing the World Wide web and Al Gore that, that what we, <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. I hear they're still <laughs> counting his votes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Hey, goodbye, everybody. My name's Jude. It's been fun. Thanks for showing or thanks for stopping by on the podcast. My name's Jude. Back to Thomas and Nathan. Uh, okay. Uh, let me, let me.
Okay. So if our church streaming package isn't of a quality that, that we're going to be proud of, how are we going to expect to retain our audience? And I know that is, that is a carnal way to look at. I understand that. Okay. Completely carnal, but, but we are men and women flesh. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's right. So the digital gives us the ability to create a really easy separate mix for our live stream or our overflows on the same digital surface. Now, what's what's becoming really popular, and I've put four of these consoles in in the last month, uh, sorry, last two months, Allen Heath SQ series. I love the SQ7. Right now, middle pandemic, that's about a five grand console that gives you 48 channels of, of analog input, then it converts it to digital. What what we're seeing works really good is the the front of house operator, which is your 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 sound tech. They're mixing on the surface, but then in a maybe a room right off the sound booth, a room right off the auditorium, uh, they have their media room. Uh, you got another person mixing the live stream audio yes. on an iPad. Right, right, yeah, and I've seen that. That's and cool. then not only that, when, once we digitize that signal, we can route all these channels to computers. For, for independent channel recording, we, we can route them to, uh, to, like I said, the iPad, to computers, to uh, different streaming devices, really easy. And because our streaming platform is all digital, it now starts to make sense that if, if we're a church <clears throat> that's going to rely heavily on streaming audio and video, that we need to now up our game on streaming audio. It's, it's easy for for us to be able to kind of get by with some glitches if we're looking at video but if we start getting glitchy or poor audio people aren't going to have the patience for that yeah and it's different it is that's a good point i hadn't thought of that they're going to dismiss it real quick and it's it's that way in in the auditorium as well you're you're playing a video maybe the video is not that good but if you got good audio people are going to get through it just fine yeah so they're they're more forgiving of the the video side of it than mm-hmm. they are the audio side of it. And it's this yeah. one principle, the ears lead the eyes. Mm. Okay? The ears lead the eyes. What I, what I work with sound techs is you, get your ears to lead your eyes forward. Thomas, right now, if, if something happens right behind you, you hear a noise, right. most likely you're going to turn around and investigate. Oh, yeah. I, I just did my, yeah, I'm at my house. My grandma <laughs> made a noise in the kitchen and I was, so I muted myself and was turning around and looking. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> your ears lead your eyes. <laughs> yep. Okay, so on our streaming package, if if our ears aren't helping lead our eyes, we're going to be hindering the the communication process. Yeah. yeah okay, again, I, I know that's a carnal way to look at it, yeah. but let, let's just talk truth. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Brother Jude, in a really, yeah. really practical sense too, uh, I, I'm sure that my church is the only church that has these kind of people, but we have some people that stay home to watch the live stream, those kind of things, especially right now, our governor just instituted another two week freeze. Anyway, we that's not a no, whatever. So we have some people staying home and some of them have mentioned, oh, hey, we turn on the live stream. And it's great because I get to fold clothes and I get to I mm. cook breakfast and those kind of things while the live stream's going on. And, and so they're, they're listening, not even watching in some cases to those live stream options. I have a couple of guys that drive truck at our church who also listen instead. I mean, they turn it on, you know, they get the, the, the videos on, but they're listening, not even watching the video. They're giving it token attention. Right. Well, that, that could be true in those and, cases and- too. <laughs> 
I mean, this is a whole nother, not the pastor podcast for somebody a lot smarter than I am, but I, I, I don't think this is going to bode well for our country spiritually. Yeah. And get somebody else on that on here to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, so moving on analog yeah. and digital uh, with, with digital uh, Thomas, you hit on a little bit there. There's presets that you can use. You can store settings. Uh, you or scenes and shows uh you can you can uh well okay so what what we do at our church uh, every preacher that comes through and, and we get a, quite a few guest preachers uh i'll store their eq settings on the lapel because with a, with a preacher we never have the opportunity to do a sound check so if if uh let's say uh sam davison comes through our church which He's known to do that a lot. Right. Yeah. He's uh, his, been there a time or two. His EQ settings are saved on the mixing console. Uh, so when he gets up and mounts that pulpit, I hit that button, oh, minutes before, and I, I recall his EQ setting. Otherwise, it is it stays on Pastor Gaddis's settings. Uh, we just had a missionary uh, Sunday night. His settings are now saved in our mixing console. Next time he comes through, all the guesswork is done, and we're going to have a better sound right off the bat. But on the other hand, a lot of churches will say, hey, I got presets now. I can store everything, I, and I don't have to do any mixing. I just hit button A, button B, button C. And I know we talked about this a little bit on the last podcast, but I, I work with churches and try to, try to drain into them. Don't use the presets. You're going to be handicapping yourself. If something ever goes wrong, you're not going to know where to start looking again Digital is three-dimensional audio. It's not top to bottom, left to right, like analog. So the more familiar you are with your digital surface is they're now called digital surfaces. Yeah, that's nifty. Uh, yeah, it's fancy. The more familiar you are with your surface, when things go wrong, when 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 stuff gets stressful, when your pastor just jumps up and messes up the schedule or changes the schedule on purpose, and you're relying solely on presets based upon the bullet points of your order of service, you're going to be sunk. I use one preset on our mixing console at our church, and that's preset number seven, and it's called church. When I turn on the sound system, I hit preset seven. And that's church that brings the pulpit mic up to the right volume that brings the two piano mics up that loads Pastor Gaddis's EQ settings on his on his lapel channel. And that's it. Then we have sound checks and every microphone gets hand EQ'd for that sound check for that song for that specific day. Okay, I try to treat our digital console as if it is still analog. We have the ability to store 500 presets. 100 scenes. I don't know how many shows we can store. And yet I have one preset I use and that's called. Wow. And that's preset number seven, if anybody's paying attention. So analog digital, who's using it? What's the needs of your church with digital? There's a lot more flexibility. There's a lot more routing options. You have digital patch bays where you just go in there with a click of a mouse and, and you can move stuff around. But, but truth be told, when it's in an auditorium and it stays in an auditorium, you don't need all those features because you're not out on the road touring. You're not going from venue to venue and you need to repatch stuff to have different options. Once it's set up, it's not going to change the internal digital patching. Now, on the, on the other hand, uh, you have a lot more processing built into the digital consoles. You have more, more EQ, you have reverbs built in, you have uh, compression built in. Uh, you can even do third octave work on your outputs of your digital consoles. I rely very little on all of those. 
Okay. Okay. Because I want my sound systems processing, my sound systems EQ to do the heavy lifting. The digital console I use just for the local channel work. Every time you have a insert on an analog piece of equipment to where you're inserting maybe a reverb or a third octave or a compressor, you're going to add noise. You're going to add right. a little bit of a little bit of latency, a little bit of hiss. And, and a little bit of problem with outboard gear. Digital, digital, all of that is internal, okay? But on the other hand of that, you have so much processing at your fingertips, rather than finding the root cause of maybe a frequency problem, you just say, hey, I'm gonna put on another filter. I'm gonna add a little bit more processing. I'm gonna do this. And I'm guilty of doing that. Within, within the first year of us having that digital console, I had it so heavily processed that I don't know what happened, but I, I just sat there and was like, this doesn't even sound natural anymore. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't even sound like they're having a conversation with me. It's like it's this heavily processed commercial sound. And at that point, I started trying to slowly relax all the equalizing I was doing and try to get back to that very familiar one-on-one -on -one conversation. Everything that I do with sound is I try to make it sound like you and I are having a one-on-one, -on -one, very personal conversation. I want that with the pastor. I want that with the music director. I want that with the singers. I want them to be on that platform and, and feel like they're having that one-on-one -on -one personal connection. And on the other hand, I want the audience to be connected in as well, having that one-on-one -on -one personal connection. So with, with the plethora of inserts that are on the digital console, if you use too many of them, you're going you're gonna to swing the pen, pen, pen. You're going to swing something the other way that's going right. to go too far. The pendulum. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that makes yep. good sense. Very good. So, okay. So right. do, do you guys have any questions on analyzing the options? No. Well, so I think that, and that's going to depend a whole bunch on the uh, what what the skill set of your sound technicians are what the needs are in your room it, it sounds like the like what what i would typically come to with a like going to my pastor and saying hey pastor we need a new console right like the first thing in my mind instantly that goes to is like okay how much is this going to cost but probably i should reverse my thinking on that and first think mm -hmm. what is w what do we need and then figure out like what we can do about cost like we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, the, I think that that would be helpful for people to just remember that like, as we're talking about analyzing options, remembering that we're not all Jude Buffington with a, the, uh, yeah, with the wonderful mustache. It, it looks good by the way. Um, Thank you. You're, you're welcome. But with the years of pro audio experience, most of us don't have that. And so we're working with volunteers. A lot of us we're working in churches that aren't running a 64 channel, mixer we don't need that and right. so admit while bells and whistles are nice in my car bells and whistles might get in the way in my church service on sunday so another question too brother jude you, you mentioned so some of the things you might analyze as things that could be uh, adjusted before you're going and getting a whole new soundboard. So it might be your speakers or it might be some additional training for your sound guy. What, what would be maybe a couple of other, you know, like a checklist of, Hey, check these things. Maybe there could be some improvement in some of these areas before that soundboard is, is addressed. What are some of those other options of things that could be 
addressed? That's not an easy question to answer. Okay. Is that just because it's so case by case? Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to know what good brands are. Um, okay. I'm, okay. okay. I'm, so you, you, you need to know what good brands are. You, ne- you need to know what aren't good brands. So I'll just run down some brands. Okay. Yeah. Sure, that'd be helpful. Sure is a great American brand. Electro Voice or EV is a great American brand. Uh, Allen and Heath, that's a British company. That's, that's who I use a lot of consoles. Soundcraft, I think they're in England as well, but they're owned by the Harmon Group. The Harmon, Harmon Audio Group is a huge uh, just a group that has just been slowly buying up audio companies. All Tech Lansing, they're not around anymore, uh, but that that is that is who pioneered audio. I mean, All Tech Lansing, a lot of us probably still have computer speakers that say All Tech Lansing or headphones. Uh, they're, they're still around in that market, but their company was bought by Telex. All Tech Lansing, sorry, Telex bought All Tech Lansing and shut them down because they were their biggest competitor in the pro market industry. Alltech Lansing was he- headquartered in Oklahoma City. Yeah, uh, so it 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 happens a lot. Um, JBL is another popular brand. I don't care for JBL. JBL is James B. Lansing. He's the Lansing of Alltech Lansing, but in the 60s, he got into a dispute, left Alltech Lansing, couldn't even use his own last name because Alltech Lansing had it patented. So he had to go to JBL. JBL is another big a big company. I'm getting ready to work on a church that has three JBL speakers hanging right now. I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to work with it is, yeah. is because it's what they have, but that's not my go-to. PV is a great American company, but they're mainly more for garage bands. Uh, yeah. I mean, they've been stepping up their quality. They, they, have a, they have a series now called the Sanctuary Series. Hmm. That sounds like really, really good marketing on their part. Yeah, no kidding. Sanctuary Series. I should buy them for my church. Okay. If if that's the budget you have to work with, then 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 do the best that you can with it. But I'm not a fan JBL Bose. A lot of people like Bose. I got a Bose home theater, but Bose, the way they build their speakers, do not do well in pro audio. They just don't have the physics behind them to do what we need them to do. Mackie is at one point was an American company. They're headquartered in Washington. I think they still are. Mackie's a great company. Personally, I don't use them. I, I just don't like their style when it comes to mixing consoles. I'm more the Allen Heath style. Uh, EAW is another popular company. Um, they're okay. So it, it, we they, we are, our church has a Mackie, uh, a 24 analog yeah, Mackie, like a VLZ so, Pro. It's an SR24. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The you can have good equipment and have have it not running properly. Okay, I mean, we, we, we can have we can have the best sound possible and and it be like, yeah, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. Um, Jude, can I give you a, a personal example there? Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. So we uh, I we actually just recently had on our podcast uh, my, brother Mike Schmidt, who is a missionary mm-hmm. going yeah. to Brazil. Yep. And we were having some trouble with our sound system and I was just recently had kind of inherited that as my responsibility and was trying to figure out what to do. He came and was like, man, I'm noticed during the, you know, my presentation that there were some problems with that. Can I look at it with you? And it's like, I would love the help anyway. So he's helping me look at, he's like, so where's your, what happened to your EQ? I don't, I don't see it. Like we have a analog mixer um, and it has a little, little tiny EQ built into it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he's like, so uh, where's, where's the EQ? And I was like, I, don't know. Well, somewhere along the way, before I t- 
took that over, somebody had taken out the whole equalizer like box out of the whole mix and it was back in the closet somewhere. Hmm. And so, I mean, seriously, we re put that back into the rack and wired it back in and it went from like, it changed, it changed our quality from awful to good. I, I don't want to say great, but it was, mm-hmm. it went from awful to very good with a piece of equipment that we had in our closet. Like that's great. Should have been in there. And we, just, I, I don't know what happened. Like, I'm not sure if elves came in and took it out in the middle of the night or what I, it's, it's crazy that how something that like we already had, we already were there. We didn't even need yeah. to buy anything new. We just had to use the equipment that we already had. Well, it's <laughs> a great example. That happens a lot where, yeah. where you're, you're looking through closets. You're just trying to help churches. Like, why did this come out? Well, I think we had a problem with it. So I pulled it out. How do you know? <laughs> oh, well, I pulled it out. Problem stopped. Right. Oh, okay. Well, oh, that might good. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, 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 you know, the, guys, we did it, find, we did find the lights on the front of that didn't light up. Everything else worked, but like the LED lights that were on like the, cause oh, you know, the EQ oh, yeah. Yeah, it has the third vehicleizer you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Those on one of them, it's a two channel thing on one of the channels or one of the inputs that didn't, the lights didn't light up. And so I used to use those, uh, made by art, ART applied research and technology. And, and they had some circuitry where, where the LED lights would stop working. But that didn't mean the filtering stopped. Right. Yes. Well, that's no. what we found. We tested it before we put it back in there. Like, oh no, it still works. It just, it was just the lights didn't work. Okay. So we put it back in. My guess is the lights probably went out. Somebody took it out. It was like, man, this doesn't work anymore. So, mm. so Nathan, to try to answer your question, it's it's really hard to say where to start looking. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to have a certain aptitude with audio to start troubleshooting the audio, yes. but just through unplugging and plugging, bypassing, rerouting, uh, you can, you can do a process of eliminations. Like, uh, so maybe uh, let's go back to Thomas's, uh, uh, problem. Maybe, uh, somebody's trying to bypass the equalizer because they had some buzz or noise in the system, or maybe something wasn't quite right. And so they just bypassed it. Oh, Hey, I think this sounds better. So they pulled it out, trying to find the solution can be difficult. And, and we've talked about this before, uh, this podcast, last podcast, uh, on YouTube, I have a channel called audio, audio buff. We're doing a right. series called sound advice and it's just practical tips, practical yeah. training for pro audio at, at our level, our style of services. Uh, so Nathan, I hope to be able to help you answer yeah. that question in the future yeah. through emails, texts, videos, and maybe even more podcasts. So, so basically if someone is troubleshooting, they realize, Hey, we need to make some improvement. I don't even necessarily really know where to start. They can go to your YouTube channel, maybe find some resources there that would mm-hmm. give them a start or even just reach out to you yeah. through that directly. And you sounds like you'd be glad to do some preliminary over the phone kind of analysis yeah. with them. Yeah, yep. that's very helpful. We'll we'll put all that information in our show notes. Thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two more things on analyzing the options, then we'll move on because I know we've been talking for a little bit on this section uh, of analyzing the options. When when I started doing sound at our church Southwest, so it was nearly twenty years ago at the time of this recording. Another gentleman started the same time with me. He did the Sunday school in the auditorium, and I did the three services after that throughout the week. The gentleman that did Sunday school, he was in his mid to late 50s when he started with me, and he just stopped doing sound five years ago. Uh, so mid 50s, 60s, I mean, he's probably early 70s. And, and when we got that digital mixing console, I talked to him and said, hey, I, I want you to be comfortable with this. 
are you going to be able to handle this? And he was like, you know, I've had a good run 15 years or so. I think it's time for me to step down. He's like, no, I don't want you to step down because digital console. Yeah. I want you to be comfortable. If you're not comfortable with this, we'll, we'll either revisit options or we'll give you an intense dose of training. He's like, no, it, it's time for me to go. Okay. I've, I've never forgotten that five years ago. On the other wow. hand, I've had many music directors talk to me and say, if I get digital, I'll be able to get the old guys out. And that grates with yeah. me. Yeah, okay. no kidding. Because that, that, that goes back to defining the need of your sound system. If, if, the, if you got somebody in your, your sound booth or your tech area that's not doing a good job, one, l- let's be men and address it. There it is, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and say, you, you need to raise the bar, right. so l- right. let's be men right off yeah. the bat. Right. Number two, if they respond well, Let's provide them with whatever tools they need to learn. Okay, so there it is. Audio, yes, audio buff on on YouTube. Maybe some books, some other lectures. Let let's let's research this stuff together. Let me work with you so you can understand this. Don't use the digital console as a crutch to remove somebody from your sound system ministry that you don't have the gumption or the fortitude to be able to confront head on. Say this isn't right. How you're handling. That, yeah. It just sounds like the Christian way to handle things. I, no, <laughs> it's not. Like, I don't know. It seems like there's a godly way to handle confrontation and that's not it. So <laughs> there, There's a guy that's worked with me uh, for 18 years and he's 79 years old. And we could have put him out to pasture years ago because of whatever we wanted to make up. But here's a man that has served his country that has served an institution that has been faithful to ministries and has donated thousands and thousands of hours and multiplied that with money to, to, to Christian ministries. And at the end of his usefulness, we're going to dump them like, like, a, like a cheap can of pop. Yeah. That, that is rude and disrespectful. Right. So Indeed. Let, let's not, let's yeah. not use the analog console and and we're going to transition into digital to remove somebody out of our sound tech ministry if we're not willing to confront the need i love that we're getting into ethics with our our sound (laughs) systems that's great i love it well i i do just want to say though i think the problem is that we we have people that volunteer to do that and then we're like oh i could do a better job if or i could do and instead of having open and honest conversations and so much of that has to do with the fact that like it, as the guy so i'm i'm the guy responsible for that like that's my you know under my job description but i mean there's people that work that sound booth that are behind those mixing consoles that aren't me most of the time and right. so it what what i have to do then is i if i'm always coming to them and saying hey you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this wrong. Well, then that really hinders a relationship. But if I'm coming to them and we're having, they're over at my house for dinner and we're just having like, you know, like Christian edification and love and those kind of things. When there is difficulty and problem that I have to correct or have to confront, then those things suddenly become not like the only time I've ever talked to them. Mm-hmm. It, it, it fixes that relationship piece. And then we can work together still. Hey, this didn't go very good. We ha- I had that conversation with the guy that runs our audio two weeks ago. 
said, Hey, I noticed you did this. I'm, I, I, I'm want to be careful and don't want to come to you complaining about it. But I also think we need to address that. He's like, Oh no, I didn't even think about it that way. And we had a conversation that was very positive. I mean, it was just 10 minutes. He's like, yeah, I'll never do that again. Thanks for telling me. Send me a text message next time and I'll do it right then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks. But if I don't have that relationship built up, that right. suddenly becomes an attack. He becomes defensive. And we're in a situation where somebody's quitting because I can't handle a relationship, not because the work of God is actually being hindered. Yeah. It, it very quickly becomes us against them. Right. Us, yeah. as in sound techs, against them, which is the music directors, the pastors, the ministers, rather than, hey, we're all on the same side here. Yeah. We're, all, we're all trying to do the same thing. You just not all get together. And, 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 you know, if there's correction that's needed, let's all be men and be willing to take the correction. If there's yeah. correction that needs to be given, Let's be men. Let's be, as brother uh, Sam said, let's be Christian gentlemen. Yeah. And, yeah, and be good. firm, but fair. Yes. Okay. But yeah. unfortunately it feels as if it's, it's easier sometimes to replace them than to get them on the same page. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 It's crazy to say, but it's exactly what yeah, happens. All that's the time. where we're feeling or thinking <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. Several, several years ago, I was preparing uh, for a, a MRI session and I was talking with some people and, and there's, there's a singer that I just asked her some questions and she said, you know, I don't even know why I try, why I practice so much on this special because the sound man's going to miss the cues. They're, they're, they're not going to get it. So yeah. why, why do I even practice? Uh, this, the same, the same mom had her kids singing with her and one of the kids didn't even have the mic on the entire special. And that was the sound man's fault. Not, not the, not the singer's fault. Right. And the mom's like, why, why, why are we expected to put in hours of practice when, right. when it's not going to sound good in the auditorium right. because the sound man or the sound text. Uh, right. yep. Oh, and, and yeah. that goes right back to the need of, Okay, so if our mixing console is in good working order, we don't need to replace the mixing console. Right. We need to educate the people behind That's it. So good. Yeah. And then if they don't get it at that point, yeah, if they're yeah. not willing to step it up for whatever reason, right. then we need to look at getting the right person in for the job. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a big difference, though. Yeah, this wasn't even on my notes. I don't know yeah. how we got off on this. Yeah. That's okay. I, uh, I okay. honestly think it's important to have that conversation too. Yeah. So <laughs> I think we're talking. I think, uh, yeah, I'm glad we're talking about it. Finally, the yes. last point on analyzing the options. Yes. One thing that's really encouraged. I mean, one thing that people really see is I want to run my sound system off an iPad. Yeah. Boy, I mean, that that's sounds nifty. so awesome. That sounds so cool. But then when you go back to the core, need of we're trying to facilitate a conversation we're trying to help people connect from the platform to the pew the ipad isn't the way to do it most of the time okay so our sound system our rd live s7000 at southwest made by alan and heath i can shut the whole surface down and i can run the whole thing with an ipad and we did it for a while when we were doing a renovation we moved everything out into the gym uh, and we were streaming into a bunch of different locations. I They put me in a small room, which sounded terrible. So I stood in front of the room, which is out in the gym, and I ran most of the service services from an iPad. Sure. Here's what I learned. The iPad was only as good as the Wi-Fi connectivity. Right. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. The Wi-Fi was only as good as the app that was running the program that I was yeah. using to communicate with the mixing console. Yes. You bring 
let's see, we had 400 people in the gym and then we had the rest streamed all across the, the uh, church property. And then even at, at the college, but you put 400 people with every one of them having a device trying to hit the Wi-Fi network. And, right. and you are expecting your iPad to hit that Wi-Fi network as well. Yeah. There's going to be collisions happening. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And there, there's times where I would lose connectivity in the middle of a song service, in the middle of preaching, in the middle of a special. And I tell you what, there's no amount of deodorant that I could put on that was stopping the sweat at that point. Yeah. There's also times where I was nervous because of complicated mixing or complicated EQ work and my hands would get sweaty. Yeah. Have you ever tried to operate an iPad with sweaty hands? I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, awful. it's not smooth. That was a great sound effect. I love that. <laughs> have you, have you ever tried operating an iPad or a tablet with dry fingers? You don't make good electrical connectivity with the glass. So if your fingers are dry, you're going to be like tapping it, tap, 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 tap. It's like, why isn't this unmuting? Why isn't this moving? If your fingers are sweaty, Yes. It's not, you're not going to slide gently or gracefully on the glass. The iPad is, is an attractive option. It's like, man, that is so cool, but yet it can be so limiting. And we can go from treating the mixing console as our musical instrument to treating it as I'm a button pusher. Now, on the other hand, where the iPad is, is a phenomenal tool is at our church. Our music director has the iPad on the platform area. He's mixing the monitors during our sound checks. Oh, I don't have to work about, I don't have to worry about that anymore. We have a choir mix an organ mix. We have two piano mixes and a floor monitor mix. All those used to be, I used to have to take care of all those plus the house mix in a sound check. Now they take care of all that. It goes so smooth until their iPad goes down or the Wi-Fi goes down and they're like, Hey, I don't know what to do. Well, we're back to old school digital, I guess. But on the other hand, I just did a install um, a couple months ago at a church and we put in the Allen Heath SQ7 and immediately four iPads connected to that surface. I was like, yes, you guys are getting it. We're going to mix some monitors and, and here you're mixing live stream. And then I'm working with the sound guy. And then all of a sudden, all the faders start moving with, with me and the sound guy in front. And, and the music director and then the pastor are remixing everything that the sound guy is trying to do. Okay, so let's ask two questions. What confidence does that build in your, in your sound man or your sound right. technician? Yeah, yep. okay. it tears yeah. it down. None. Yeah. It yeah. builds no confidence. Yep. Number two, here's the pastor and the music director failing to look at the, the need of the sound system. The sound man is, the sound technician is in a much better position to hear what, everyone else is hearing than I am as the guy up on the platform. That's, that's just a silly, that, that's just, that's just silly. We're yeah. Going back to ethics at that point. Yep. <laughs> so. And I mean, I'm, I'm coming from this as, as a sound tech and wanting to empower people behind the mixing console. I'm, I'm wanting to do that. And, and I know, let's just put this out there. There, there may be a host of problems that I'm not aware of or reasonings, maybe why they feel like they need to jump in. I, I get that. Totally get that. But I'm real big on let's get the tools to the people to empower them to do a better job. Let's not micromanage. Let's lead and give them what they need so then they can lead in their area. And, and I'm big in that that's in huge. church audio. I'm big in that in my business and in any other relations. No, that's wonderful. It's good. Okay. Well, I'm glad I got that off. Yeah.
Well, thank you so much for listening today to Not the Pastor as we talk with the Jude Buffington, the one and only about digital versus analog mixers. And he has so much more content, so much more knowledge to share with you over at his YouTube channel. So you can find him there at AudioBuff on YouTube. Make sure that you subscribe, hit that little bell so you can get all of his new late-breaking content as soon as it drops. So again, that is AudioBuff, and you can find him there at YouTube. And you can find us on facebook facebook.com backslash not the pastor we'd love to hear from you about how this episode is a help to you and so you can tell us what your church uses digital or analog mixers or why you think one is better than the other we'd love to hear about your needs that way and then we would love it if you would rate and review us on itunes you can find us on itunes and give us those five star ratings. We would love to hear your review there. Until next week, we're not the pastor. <laughs>